0: gladiator kids don't respond well to fear-based parenting and you know what the reality is we shouldn't really be parenting from fear anyways anyways.
1: hey mamacita welcome to the mamas con ganas podcast that's mamas as in hey mama y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte surgir y triunfar don't be a mama con drama let's be mamas con ganas I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Conganas podcast, I'm interviewing Natalie Sermopoulos.
0: Welcome, Natalie. Hi, thank you so much, Valentina, for having me.
1: Natalie is a life coach. Her company and brand is called Evolving with Natalie. And I'm very excited to have Natalie on our show because actually Natalie and I have co-authored a book that was just launched last mm-hmm. Friday called Ignite Love. And I had to bring Natalie on board because we uh, ended up meeting when we were doing the co-authoring process and I found her story fascinating. Um, Natalie, first of all, in order for my audience to get to know you a little bit better, um, tell them
0: where are you from, where are you? grew up? I am. Well, thank you again for having me. And I am from Canada. And for those of you who are familiar, I'm from Toronto. I grew up in pretty much Toronto. I actually grew up on the countryside. Um, And I've been here pretty much all my life. I love traveling, but I've been here all my life.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Like my husband. My husband's Canadian. I love Canadians. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. So Natalie, I find that a lot of people that have become life coaches, and I've interviewed quite a few life coaches on my podcast, they always have a very interesting story as to why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Tell my audience how you got to this place. Why did you create Evolving with Natalie?
0: Yeah, I um thank you for asking that question. Uh, it's been a journey and and life is a journey but I, and I found um I was really stumped after having kids. That was a really big <clears throat> change for me. As it is for most women or parents who have kids, life changes. Uh totally. but for yes, exactly. You can relate. Um, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I found was I I was I was really struggling being a parent and i have um i have two girls two young girls and my eldest is what i would now call a gladiator kid um that that term is coined by jennifer clary she's a family therapist
1: what does that mean
0: gladiator kid oh it means a very feisty strong-willed super persistent kid who just knows what they want and um, which are all great qualities in in a strong young girl. Absolutely, parent, exactly. <laughs> Eo or whatever, whatever you, whatever life aspirations you have. But when you're parenting a child like that, it's actually really difficult because. And um, I ended up butting heads with her quite a bit. So uh, I was struggling. I was really struggling. I, parenting was not shaping up to be to be how I thought it was going to be. And in that came a lot of questioning as whether I I was even doing this job called parenting right, quote unquote. And um, I was felt like I was failing at times, and that I was alone in that. And uh, quite frankly, you know, I reached out for some help. Um, but things really took a turn when. I realized that I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And uh, I I really had to take a good look at how I was living my life and try to figure out something's not working. What is it that I can do to make a very sustainable shift? How can I transform what I'm doing? Because the Band-Aid solutions, the fix-it strategies weren't really working. You know, I was reading books on parenting. I, I, I uh, We went to a family therapist at one point. There was lots of things I was doing, very resourceful that way, but still something was not aligning in a very, like I said, sustain, um, sustainable way. So I knew something different had to change and it couldn't be my girls because the reality is they are feisty and I love that spirit in them. It's It's just hard to parent Someone who is like that, but at the same time, it was also she, my daughters, and my eldest daughter especially, is the biggest mirror for me. Like re- everything, everything I was trying to resist, everything I was trying to fix or change, she would be right there, kind of just showing me that this is not going to work, Mom. You need to, you need to step it up because this isn't working.
1: I think a lot of parents can relate to you with this story because I definitely (laughs) like 100% like my oldest son too is that gladiator kid I guess now I call him (laughs) yeah he is feisty he knows exactly what he wants I mean I remember when he was one year old and I would be dressing him one year old and I'd be like okay let's put on your shirt and he's like "No, no no not that shirt that one and I remember thinking to myself one year old I'm like, first of all, you're a boy. I thought boys <laughs> didn't care about clothing. And second of yeah. all, you're only one and you're telling me what you want to wear. So yeah. yes, I totally relate to that. And in, and in the mirror aspect, oh my goodness. Yes, my son is, is my mirror. And I think if for anybody who hasn't heard that term, it, it might be something that you might want to examine because what we're talking about is seeing yourself reflected in your child. And yeah. I've come to realize as well that whatever, how do you say, weakness or deficiency or thing that my son needs to work on, in reality, it's always something
0: that I need to work yes. on, which is so <laughs> hard to swallow. Yeah, and this is, this is precisely the journey. Like what, what started out as me wanting to uh, try to figure out how to help my kid really was a journey on figuring out how to reparent myself first because only in that capacity could I really offer the space and the um, the enroll model what it is that I'm looking and hoping and enrolling her to do as well. And so, what do you mean
1: by reparent? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: So what I mean by reparenting is you really need to look at, so behaviors that would come up. So let so let me back up a little bit. Okay. Let me okay. go back to the gladiator. Cause like I said, Jennifer Clary coined this term and I love. I love how she coined this term because otherwise, when I was looking at how my child is behaving, a lot of traditional theories would suggest that my child is um, uh, um, oppositional defi- oppositional defiant disorder, or uh, you know, stubborn, or like you know, maybe maybe some ADHD because they couldn't like focus and and listen to what you're saying and blah blah blah. Like all these really negative connotations. So I really appreciated what um, Jennifer Clary brought to the table and saying that as gladiator kid, because you really, I really wanted to still honor her spirit. You know, again, as you and I just Mm -hmm. mentioned, these are good qualities, being persistent, being strong willed, knowing what you want. Those are fantastic Fantastic. qualities. I still wanted to honor that, but have that balance because as uh, and again, as Jennifer Clary says, we really are our, our child's frontal lobe for the first don't get scared parents, but up to 25 years, the frontal lobe is not fully developed until you're 25, sometimes 35 years old. So what does so the frontal lobe do? That's the executive functioning, the, the, being able to have a critical thinking, be, make logical choices. Like those, those things that, you know, when you see a three-year-old and they're having a tantrum, they're frontal, they're not even, that's off that, that top brain is off. So we have to, help our child. We have to be that for our child. So there's this balance or this dance that I like to say that is happening between honoring your child's spirit and who they are and being able to parent them and guide them so that they can, the two can, can, and honor yourself so that there's a harmony. Because otherwise it's just rebuttaling. It's my way or it's your way. And then there's, you know, like you said yourself, your child wanted to wear a certain thing, at one years old, and that's exactly when you said that. That's exactly how I experienced life. I would, I would not be able to dress her. You know, I, was, I would see all of these pretty little kids, like these little girls in these cute little outfits, and so adorable, and they and they had matched their mommy and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh my god, what's wrong with what's wrong with this? How come I can't make this happen? What's wrong with her? What's wrong with me? Do I not have it together? Like, can I not make this happen? Like, and I, I was. A pretty successful person before being a parent and i just felt like a parent i was failing in many ways i
1: think a lot of us feel that way though i think it brings out our insecurities as well parenthood is something that uh brings out a lot of stuff that we haven't examined and it also i think one of the things that parenting does is also bring out like our compassion
0: towards other parents yes (laughs) Like do you, remember, do you remember when before you were a parent, you would look at a at a family and well, let's say a kid was just screaming or doing something in the airplanes, be like, right? Yes. Exactly. And like, oh my God, I can't believe that
1: person is letting their right. kid cry. Like if it was my I kid, I could do so oh, much yeah. better. And then you have your kid Absolutely. and you're like excusing yourself. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And yes. you're just hoping the person behind them and in front of them, it, well, first yes. person with well, the person in front of them that they're kicking is gonna be like nice enough and not, oh my gosh. I've had to Experiences and yes
0: yeah and understanding and compassion that compassion right so it's only like if, if you can start to develop that compassion um, and I say this I say this even if you're if you're a parent and your kids are pretty um, uh, like if they're people pleasing kids or if they just you know they're not that strong will but they' you know they're just a typical kid I guess um, you may not experience that you may not experience that need to to um, to to try to just how you, how you parent with your child because if everything's running smoothly. But the problem is a lot of, a lot of kids, when they get to be teens, that's when they start to be rebellious. But what we're seeing with gladiator kids is that, that my, I've described my child who is now uh, not even seven. I describe her as being a teen in trapped in the body of a, whatever at that time was like a three-year-old four-year-old five-year-old wow. six-year-old because that's how she would act like answering back um, slamming doors it was it, it was it was a it was overwhelming and I have a question for you because you know
1: it, there's a there's a fine line or a struggle sometimes because we were raised in a certain way and like in my household and in my husband's household it was a pretty strict I mean my parents were lenient with some things but for the most part you did with oh. your parents Exactly, to do. And exactly. I was, I, I consider myself like rebellious out of, you know, in, in the sense that I always told them what I, what I thought. And my parents were opening, open to listening. But at the end of the day, I always did what my parents wanted me to do. And then sometimes we are faced with these children in, in this new time where they feel like they're the ones who <laughs> rule the world.
0: Yes, absolutely. And this, and this brings back to your original question of what does it mean by reparenting yourself? Because when you look at how we were parenting, and most of us use how we were parented as the context to how we are going to parent. Either we're going to do the things that some of our that our parents did, or we're not going to do some of the things that that our parents did. We have this idea of how we're going to parent, but then we get this this child who is um, not is is just vibrant and just wants to be seen and heard, and as all kids do. But this strong-willed gladiator type kid. There's no, there's no like fear-based parenting, which is what most of us grew up with. Fear-based parenting does not work with a gladiator kid. It actually backfires.
1: Yes. I know that, that that backfires with Luciano completely. You're
0: absolutely yeah. right. And it's, yeah. and when my, so there, there'd be times that, you know, God bless my parents. They would be like, well, you know, when, when you were a kid, we didn't, you didn't act like that. And we never tolerated that when they would see how my child would act. And then, of course, I would start to think that I'm not capable, and that of how, what am I doing wrong? How can how can I not handle this? But the thing is, they don't. The gladiator kids don't respond well to fear-based parenting. And you know what? The reality is, we shouldn't really be parenting from fear. Anyways. From and fear, whole, anyways. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole. That's that's how parenting is shifting now. So it's parenting has evolved. It used to be this old paradigm of parenting. Where it was me, largely fear-based, and now the new parenting parent, uh, parenting paradigm is like this conscious parenting or awakened parenting, and it's hard to be that when you have when you come from a different background and and you have a child who's not really um, doing exactly as you ask. It's hard to kind of do that. It's hard to parent from that space. So reparenting yourself. Look, so for example, I'll give you a quick example. If my child, when my child is mis, quote unquote misbehaving, let's say uh, she does something that she's uh, not supposed to do or, uh, you know, let's say she starts, uh, she slams a door. Let's just keep it really simple. Let's say she slams the door. That could be seen as rude, disrespectful, or she talks back, okay? Rude, disrespectful. Um, and a lot of the stories that start to, Pile up in my head are oh my gosh my kid is out of control or I have no control or what's wrong with this scenario and then I would start to get angry and my response was anger because I was like why can't you just do what you're asked to do like why does this have to be such a difficult journey like just do what you're asked to do and there's no way like the more I asked for something the the less she was willing to confine to that so reparenting is looking at why are these things happening in my mind? Why do I think that this is disrespect? And what is she really trying to say to me? Because in the old parenting paradigm, if someone slammed the door, if if you or I slammed the door when we were kids, we would be in trouble. Yeah, we'd be grounded. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. At best, right? At best, Mm -hmm. grounded. Some, Some of us would be hit there's like there's a, a lot of different ways that we're parented in the in, in the past so now it's like okay and and more importantly we were never listened to so yeah lessons, children should be seen and not heard was that absolutely that was the saying so you you and you didn't talk and you didn't talk about stuff you didn't talk about feelings you didn't really talk about um, anything that was really bothering you as a child emotions like so many so many people do not have any bandwidth for emotional resilience because we were never really taught that so now you have a child now in this realm of parenting this new realm of parenting where you want to be more conscious more aware um more responsive to your child meet them where they are in order to do that you have to create the space for yourself in in that context so again if my child is slamming the door or if she's talking back to me all the dialogue that happens in my head about that's rude, that's disrespectful. All that I have to start thinking about: okay, is it really rude at this moment? Is what is she trying to tell me? Is it acceptable that she's doing that? Probably not. Not that it doesn't mean that I accept what is being done, but it's taking a step back in that moment to to pull away the layers or all the messages in my head, or just notice all those messages in my head about about how life should go, how she should be, how this parenting thing should look like, and just really be present in the moment as to what is happening. Start to uncover, like, why is she doing that? And then let's talk about it. Before I forget, I wanted to
1: let you know that I have a free gift for all my listeners. It's a free abundance guided meditation that I created especially for you. It's the meditation that I use on a daily basis. It will help you bust through money blocks to realign with receiving what you want. There's a lot of power in giving yourself positive suggestions to develop an abundance mindset. And also there's power in visualizing a compelling future so that you can create new momentum in the direction that you wish your life to go. So if you want to attract more abundance in your life, go to mamasconganas.com forward slash abundant. Yeah, I, I find that it's, it's like you're stepping away from your emotions pretty much. Like you're saying, it's like an observation of everything that you're thinking and you step back for a second. And then when you step back, because you're stepping away from anger, like if you step into that emotion, mm-hmm. uh, if you react immediately after the child screams or hits the door, like, like you said, slams the door or just acts in a what fact. you know we consider disrespectful, you, we can get angry really quickly and then ground them and then we shut the door to communication. Mm-hmm. So what I'm understanding is if we are able to observe those feelings but not step into anger or into that aggressive mode where we immediately shut everything, shut them off. We step back and then think about a better way to be able to communicate with them.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, And to dig a little bit deeper is then thinking about why are you getting angry? So this is where the reparenting really starts. It's like, why am I getting angry in this moment? What was I told in my childhood that's making me think that this shouldn't be the way it is? Now, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's okay to slam the door, or maybe it is in your household. Like, everyone gets to choose how they want to see this their family dynamic. But it's, it's that stepping back, being aware of, uh, like you said, about what you're about to do, how you're about to react take a moment to thoughtfully respond in those moments and maybe not in those moments exactly, but as you're reflecting and thinking about like, why am I getting angry? And what is it like, what am, what are all the stories that are happening in my head? So give me an example of something that uh, Luciano does that, uh, and here's another way to look at it. When we get triggered, this is like, uh, this is something is happening in the moment where we, do, we, we feel resistance to, or we feel like uh, um, it shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be so. So give me an example of something that Luciana does that, um, that you get triggered when you get triggered.
1: Well, I got, the other day I told him that he had this much time more to play on the, on the, he asked me if he could have a little bit extra time on the computer with his video games. And I said, yes, you have until this time. And I, I, I said to him, this is the time you have to shut it off. And then I was working and I was so busy doing my mm-hmm. things. And because, you know, I have the little one as well. So my three year old takes up a lot of my energy right mm-hmm. now because he's the one that I have to dress, that I have to shower. Like, you know, Luciano is now in middle school, he's 12 years old. So he didn't shut it off. And an hour and a half later, after he was supposed to shut it off, I realized it. And then I got really upset. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I got really upset because I'm like, how, you know, if I have to trust you, I have, you have to get to the point where I trust you. If we come to an agreement and I'm letting you do something extra, you need to honor that, that word. Mm-hmm. And I, he ended up getting grounded that day. Cause I was just, I was very upset, but it's interesting. Cause when, <laughs> cause at the end of the day with my son, which he's probably the gladiator kid as well, I've realized that the angrier I get, like if I scream at him, or I push against, like, you know, when we were like butting head to head in terms of arguing, that doesn't reach him in any way.
0: Just like pushes I, him
1: it pushes him away, yeah. I have to just sort of back off, tell him how upset I am, but in a very calm way, which is super hard for me. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. And it was really hard for me too. And when you respond, or sorry, when you react in an angry way, nothing is really, nothing really lands with the other person. No, All nothing they see ends. is someone, yeah, they just see like someone's angry.
1: And it fuels their anger too.
0: Yes.
1: So it's like, it's, it creates like a snowball effect. You get yes. a, they get angry, you get angry, then it gets, it gets bigger, it gets bigger. And then yes. that's when things can kind of get out of control and you're just like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Why did I go down this path? And then yes. that's, so that's where the awareness starts. And that's one of my pillars is, is this is, you need, it needs to start with awareness. So, in those moments, to take a pause before saying what it is you want to say, because you think he's disrespecting you. There's no trust there. Those are the stories in your head, right? There's no trust there. He's disrespecting you because he's not. He didn't. Uh, uh, he didn't honor the time that you said. Um, but if you could peel away those stories, and in that moment, just take a pause. What helped me is like literally start to feel where in my body I was getting angry, literally where, and what the, 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 beauty of doing that was that I started to really get grounded in it. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling it right here in my tummy. And then it's starting to like, it's like a ball of anger. That's just about to come yeah, out. It rises. Of my, yeah. I'm just like, okay. And, and this is not about um, suppressing your anger. This is not about ignoring your anger or being better or controlling your anger. This is about honoring that, that emotion and, and being able to still create some space between you and the emotion.
1: Yes. I mean, that's an emotional mastery right there. I I actually did a three-part episode on this subject because I find that that's something that's so important. That's not taught to us. It should be taught to us in school. Like yes. that knowing and that that wisdom that we are not whatever emotion we're feeling at any moment. We're not right. happiness. We're not sadness. We're not anger. We're not bitterness. We are, we're kind of neutral. And we, if we observe our emotions from above, we can actually choose what to step into.
0: Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Because once you identify yourself so much so with anger in those moments when you're, you are, you and I, we were identifying so much with the anger that, that, and which is basically our ego and oh, our ego yes. is telling us all the stories, why we should be doing this and why we should be angry and blah, 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 blah. When we kind of step back from that and separate ourselves. and Like you said, we were able to then consciously choose how do we want to respond in this moment? Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that the
1: kid doesn't, I mean, in my family, that doesn't mean that the that that my sons don't get the consequences for their actions. Yeah, you know, because you do give them the consequences, but they're not. The consequences are not given, or like in a way where it's like ah, you know, where it's right. like out of control. It's like okay, well, you know that this is not the right way to behave. <laughs> yeah and, so this is
0: yeah well and yeah exactly so that's exactly it it's it's a matter of being and you said it before coming from a place of neutrality I always say this come from a place of neutrality when you're giving that consequence it has to be from a calm neutral place. yes absolutely and people often <clears throat> sometimes uh, misunderstand that as you have to be like a robot or emotionalist but that's not what I'm saying and again it's not about suppressing the emotion it's about honoring Um, what's so right now I'm being present right now and yes you need to deal with that anger you need to deal with what is what that anger is trying to tell you but in this moment just be present okay it's not like for you and for example when you were saying about your son like It's take away the stories about he's not trustworthy, he can't listen to what I'm saying, he's not responsible, all those stories that you put in your head in that moment for that incident. Just be like, you know what? What's so is that he didn't shut it off when I asked him to shut it off. Okay. Here's the consequence.
1: Yeah, it's more matter of fact. Yes. Because I do think that um, it doesn't work when we don't show our kids that actions have consequences. Because I feel like in life, that happens to us regardless. So if you don't learn these important lessons when you're children, and I, t- I actually tell my son this, I go, I tell him, listen, you know, I'm giving you a consequence because you have to realize that mom also has consequences. If she doesn't do certain things, she mm-hmm. has consequences that happen. And I'd rather you learn this sooner than later because when you, if you learn it later on, the consequences could be way worse than yeah. not being able to watch TV for a week.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and here's here's the other piece to this. Okay. Because yes, there is a, um, a cause and effect and, and consequence you want to be able to, that is life. Like you said, life, whether or not we try to protect our kids from that or be, have them be in a bubble. The reality is life operates that way. So we do need to uh, um, have uh, opportunities where that is uh, practiced in our home. However, there's also this, this other side to it, which is about connecting with your kid. Oh, yes. Yes. So this, what was missing? And this is the, this is the part where, um, you know, in, in my pillars, this is, this is actually the fourth pillar of accountability. What, what did I do or didn't do that led to this?
1: Okay. Can you walk, cause moment. you said that you had these pillars. Let's yeah, go so back first... now a little bit. So tell us about like the process you take your clients on because most of them come to you for this, right? They're having a, an issue with like the parenting and they can't seem to like have a connection with their children. So walk us through those pillars that you, yeah. you walk your client um, through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. On a, very, on a very surface level, the first one was um, awareness, being aware when in those moments you're about to react, just pause and take a moment. And then the second focus is accept what is so. So we kind of already talked about those. So just accept what is what is so. And sometimes that means you know, you're gonna mess up. Sometimes you are gonna yell. That's the reality, like we're human. <clears throat> Things do bother us and we're on this journey. We're on this evolving journey. And having said that, we need to give ourselves a little bit of compassion, which you talked about a bit, mm-hmm. and forgiveness.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because acceptance sometimes is so hard. It's like we we we, say, we we say to ourselves, Oh, I could have done it this way or that way. But and like you said, I I yelled. Why did I yell? And now this has gotten worse. And but just to let it go, I think that acceptance is a lot of that just letting the baggage go. And this is how it is, like you said.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's 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 absolutely just understanding you are doing your best. You are, you are whole and complete. We are all born whole and complete. It's just life comes along the way and then things happen and we create stories and we create dramas and we create all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's a matter of just accepting what's so, and then. Uh, understanding that we really are whole and complete. And on this journey, as we get back to ourselves, as if we get back to reparenting ourselves as well, is understanding that there is a level of compassion we need and a level of forgiveness so that we don't, we let go of, like we let go of the shame, we let go of the guilt, we let go of all those things. And just, it doesn't mean ignore them. It means this is a moment where you can um, learn from what happened that didn't work. And that, that leads me to the, the third focus, which is acknowledgement. So acknowledge where you had wins or things, things went really well. The communication was there. The connection was there with your child. Um, you were able to honor him or her and yourself. You set healthy boundaries. This was like, this worked out really well. Honor those wins. And, when things don't go as you had hoped or um, were you know planning for, learn from them. So you're going to lose your. As we said, you're going to lo- lose your, your. shit. You're going to lose your shit. Okay, I can say that. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I could say that. So you're going to lose your shit and uh, and learn from it. So that means you need to take some responsibility in your actions as well. So, for example. Okay, and I'm just, I hope I can continue to use your example. In that moment with your son, you got caught up in work. Yep. So what was the thing that you could have done that could have made a difference? And this is really hard for a lot of, it was definitely hard for me too, because there's times where I was like, why can't they just do what they were asked to do? I'm trying to help them yeah. learn this lesson.
1: I, I could have set a reminder, like a like an, like a timer on where I remind them because I know that with Luciano, if he has a, an, and an, I learned this when he was really little. Like if he needed to take a shower, I couldn't just go, okay, it's time to take a shower, let's go. Like it would not work. With Lucci, I have to prepare him I have to be like, Luciano, you have 10 minutes left. In 10 minutes, you have to take a shower. Oh my gosh, just that would make such a difference. So if I would have set a timer and you know, 10 minutes prior to his time ending Mm -hmm. and then told him, gentle reminder, Lucci, by the way, remember that that you have to turn off your equipment in 10 minutes. I know that would have changed everything. Because I think sometimes we expect so much of them as well. And going back to what you said previously, their executive function, which I learned recently as well, because interestingly enough, I didn't know what executive functioning was until last year. Uh, last year or the year before, but in reality, I had talked to some therapists and uh, and I realized, well, first of all, I was reading books and I realized that all the books I was learning on my self-improvement journey had to do with executive functions for myself, which is interesting. And it was also what was lacking in Luciano was were those executive functions. And it's interesting because like I said, it's a, again, it's a mirror, like we were saying. I was a mirror of him. I was marrying him. He was mirroring me. And I forget where I was going
0: now with my story. <laughs> so yes, you, you had to act as the executive, mm. uh, as the frontal lobe. And, and what's interesting, what you just said about as you were going through your personal development, as you go through personal development, a lot of it had to do with your frontal lobe. Here's here. And this, again, relates back to reparenting ourselves. How was your executive functioning fostered when you were a child?
1: Yes well I don't think that I had I mean this is now obviously awareness where I am right now but I've had conversations really interesting deep conversations with my parents where we sort of discuss this and it's like they say you know yeah I guess we always kind of knew that Valentina had like a problem in that area but they didn't have the vocabulary for it back in the day but or wait, is it a problem though I mean a problem or it's a it's something that could have been fostered more like now I'm realizing for example um I have to when I focus I hyper focus right and i realize this and so I get I lose track of time sometimes because I'm so here with you right now and that's a gift as well because I'm present with you I'm enjoying the conversation but then I lose track of time so because Valentina's like that now I know I have to start set certain timers for myself I also know I can't have notifications going on in my phone otherwise I can get distracted super super easy easily and my son Luciano is exactly the same way
0: that's exactly what I was gonna say you just described your son right he needed a timer you need a timer so here's the balance though okay this is something that we need to be aware of and it's a journey that I'm still evolving in as Mm -hmm. well this balance between, yes, you need to do the frontal lobe for your kid, but you also want to give the opportunities for your child to foster their frontal lobe and grow that the, the executive thinking and the executive functioning and making uh, good choices. Like You still want to have to provide opportunities for that. And sometimes it will work and sometimes it won't because the reality is this, it's better for you guys to, to practice, quote unquote, those things now, as opposed to when he's a teen, yes, and you have less connection, less, less. Um, I don't want to say control, but you know, it kind of in is a certain a, way, yes. in a certain way, right? So like right now, you, you he can't he can't travel on his own, but when he's a teen, he's going to be able to travel on his own. Like there's, so you might, might as well practice that now. So there's this balance between yes, being the executive, be the frontal lobe for your child, um. And give them some room and, 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 and trust, trust that they can live into their higher self, just like you, you can trust yourself to live into your higher self. I, I literally say to my, my, my gladiator, I'll say to her, okay, uh, Ellie, um, you know, it's after this show, back <laughs> <after> to <the> technology, <laughs> Nemesis of parents, exactly. Uh, <laughs> like our worst enemy and our best <laughs> friends, sometimes. and our best friends, exactly. <laughs> so, so after this show, please shut off the TV. Can Mummy count on you? And then it's not only that, but I say, I know I can trust you. I believe that you can do it. I know you can. And I thank you for being responsible. And they that. need that
1: sometimes to realize that we we believe in Me them. Too. We, I Absolutely. know that you're completely capable. And then they step up. It's interesting. I, I had an interesting, a very interesting situation happen with me, with, with me and Lucci this year. Because I realized, and this is things that we learn as we parent, that I was being, and I always criticize this. It's interesting. We always end up doing sometimes mm-hmm. what we criticize. and yeah. But it's self-awareness. <laughs> like you have to step into that self-awareness. Um, so he was having a problem with his English grades. And I was sort of, because of that, I I became sort of like overbearing. Yes. And like the helicopter, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Heli- the helicopter mom asking like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do that? And I was like always on top of him, like, Oh, overbearing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we had a very interesting talk or they had a talk at this, at the new school that we're going to, uh, that he's going to, it's a private school. And they called in all the parents and they said the, literally the talk was this, they were like, if you're if your kid is going to fail, they might as well fail in middle school, not in high school. Cause right now it doesn't really count for their college. And it was like, let them fail. Wow. And they were like, you don't, you don't realize that it could be one of the best things that you're doing for your child when you let them fail on their own. And it didn't kick in until several months and the beginning of the year passed by. I kind of saved him several times from like passing his English class literally and I knew it wasn't because he wasn't capable of passing the class, but it was because, I don't know, I was just scared and I didn't want him to fail. Yeah. So you, yes, I was, go ahead. You could say, no, it. no. Yeah.
0: You, you said, you nailed it on the head. You were parenting from fear. I was
1: parenting from fear because I'm like, oh my God. And then, you know, like if he loses a grade and like I never lost a grade, and then my parents are going to be on top of me and everybody's going to think I'm a failure because I can't, you know, it's like all this, the like stories. what are other people going to think, you know?
0: Yeah. Yes. And the stories in your head. The
1: stories. We, because we, for some reason, it's like, Why do we, and I try to examine this is like, why do we think that our like self-worth or our, or, our our, like our kid is our trophy. Our kid is not our trophy. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think it's so important. So it was a very, I had, I had this aha moment. I don't know if it was an aha, but it was just like, okay, Valentina, you heard the specialist saying it. They said it's better to let him fail. And it was in February. Mm-hmm. Where he came home and he said, I have a quiz tomorrow. And I go, and I, cause I saw him that he was nervous. He was stressed. I go, what's wrong? He goes, oh, I have a test tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, well, then study for your test. He's like, well, it's on a, on, it's on a, on these chapters on a book. I go, okay, well, h- how many chapters? Eight. And how many did you read? Zero. I go, okay. You're going to know what it is to fail. I said,
0: I'm not so safe. Yeah. So this is a natural consequence. This is a beautiful example of a natural consequence. Now, now in, in that, like it's, it would be, it's again, important to support your kid, but not necessarily maybe in the way that you were before, but in a different way. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here for you if you need anything, uh, you know, maybe next time I can help you pre-plan if you'd like, or still, you know, let them know that you have their back. It doesn't mean you're going to do the work for them. Yeah. But they have to know that when they are in shit, that they can come back to you. And again, not for you to save them, mm-hmm. but that That's they can. It's a difference. You're not saving them, but that they, they are safe with you.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, I, I, I don't know if I was that nice that day. I said to him, okay. I'm like, I'm taking you to school tomorrow. I'm like, don't think I'm, st- I'm making, I'm letting you stay home to study for something you should have studied before. Cause I had done that beforehand." And another occasion, I saved him. So I said, you're going to school. I go, and if you haven't read anything, it's a guaranteed F. I go, okay. I go, I already, I already did sixth grade, I told him. I said, it's your turn. And then I took him to school because he didn't believe me.
0: Because I had mm. saved
1: him so many times. And I drove to school that day, like chilling. And then yeah. I, I saw his, his eyes were like this. Yeah. He was lucky because a teacher delayed the test. Natalie, mm. You know what he did? He read six chapters in school during he found the time during school during his study guide <laughs> and during his recess. I don't he came back and and I thought, well, he might still not get a good grade. He read the chapters really quick or whatever. I let him take autonomy. He got an
0: A the next day. Beautiful.
1: And so, then afterwards, now he's taken the time to initiate on his own.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And I, I, again, I just want to stress it. It still is important for us, even when our kids do quote unquote fail, yeah. that we still are there as their support and we still are there it's with important. love. Yeah, it's true. You know, I'm, I, and you can even empathize with them. And and this is part of the, uh, again, Jen, I, I've spoken about Jennifer Clary before that this is part of, her work is this connected parenting and, and, and being marrying your child. So like, Oh man, that, that really sucks. You have to, you have to read all these chapters now before tomorrow. Oh my God. And not in a sarcastic way, but like that, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure you put yourself into. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I get that. Especially, I get. It. No. I I used to be this. I used to do the same thing, and still at times I still am snarky because I'm like, well, I, it's it's a it's a another way of of being um, in the space of I told you so. Yeah, you're which right.
1: Not you're which right. is not no a loving place. Mm-mm-mm. No, it's not. So, it's not a loving place. You're right. Like I have to but, better at you know. that.
0: Yeah. the awareness is there now right so now you now you go back and you're like okay before you're about to do that take a moment breathe (laughs) how do I? and then you can make a conscious choice do i want to respond do i want to react the way i've been reacting in the past what i've done in the past and and continue to create that distance between me and my child or do i want to consciously choose how I'm going to respond in a loving way. It doesn't mean you accept what is happening, but you are compassionate with them. If you're going to, and this, you know, this, we talked about compassion. Think about how hard we are on ourselves and how little compassion we have for ourselves. That's how little compassion we often have for our kids. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: It's It's mirrored. Like, you know, the good thing is after he got the good grade, I, I was like, really proud of him I go you see you could do it on your own yes. you don't need me and the biggest lesson for me was I need to back off I need to back off and sometimes let himself figure it out and make because I said to him you see how proud you feel for having done this on your own I'm like this yes. is a great feeling and interestingly enough he did a complete 180 shift the moment I said to him, I literally placed the responsibility on his table, on his desk, because mm-hmm. I feel like I was taking on all of his things and not allowing him to step up into his game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you gave him that that um, acknowledgement that yes. he can totally do it. Yeah. He is completely capable. And that's why I was talking about the higher self. Like, you, I, you know what? I trust you. I, you have not told this time to watch the whatever or I, you know, you're sitting at the dinner table, it could be sitting at the dinner table and I can, I can count on you to eat your vegetables. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I love you so much and I want you to be healthy. That's why I'm encouraging you to eat your veggies. It's important to eat your veggies and I'm counting on you to do that. I know you can do it. I know you're going to make a good choice. Whatever yeah. the situation may be, it's like giving, there's a lot of front loading. To a lot of conversation, a lot of will may think this is a lot of work and it is in many ways, but I can tell you, it's better to have the work in the front end than to have it in the back end when you're repairing, 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 repairing. And, and it's okay to repair too, because we're going to mess up. I still repair. I still mess up. It's okay, but you want to shift it so that you're doing more front loading, more trusting, more um acknowledging and and encouraging and enrolling and believing in them it's as funny opposed to yeah. doing the opposite Sorry, yeah it's
1: funny because we say that we we need like i always say i need more positive re- re- like reinforcement like i tell my husband and then i realize wait a minute what positive reinforcement it always has to go back to the question of yourself like what positive reinforcement and i giving am i giving my husband or my children
0: because if i'm needing
1: it maybe it's something that i'm also not giving away
0: exactly yeah you it that you nailed it really well valentina like this is the there's this whatever you notice and want and need from other people it's like how much are you giving in that because whatever you give you it will it will come back, back to you
1: yes absolutely but it's like
0: if you expect you know and and there's times where i still do this i'm like well i wish my husband would do this or what blah, blah blah well As soon as you say, I wish you're, you're, first of all, not being grateful. Second of all, what is it that I can do in that? And this goes back to before when we were talking about. What can you, what what responsibility do you have? What power do you have in the situation that you can make a difference? Absolutely
1: absolutely and and i want to go back to the the pillars because i think we had okay so first is self awareness second yes. is self acceptance yes. the third one
0: what's the third one acknowledgement so acknowledging acknowledgement. what wins and what what the learnings are okay and, okay so it's
1: basically like the learn like the learning and the fourth pillar is accountability
0: accountability so in this it's 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 really about having support and this can look differently for different people for me the biggest difference has been for me to believe in myself like I can make this happen I really can there's times where I doubt myself but I really do in in my in my bones in my heart I know that I'm completely capable of this and there's times when I need support so having Um, Set yourself up so that you have some kind of support, either whether it's a group of friends or some kind of mastermind or, or whatever it is that listens to you in your higher self. So they honor you and listen to you in your higher self. So I just want to distinguish, this doesn't mean someone who's just going to be like, oh, you can do it. You're so awesome. This is not a cheerleading squad. This is someone who can hear you and listen to you. You're having a shitty day. You know what? Man, tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about what can make a difference for you. Well,
1: it's like they say, it takes a village. I really do believe that. And when we surround ourselves with people that we can trust, and a community of people that we can learn from, yeah, it's um, it's very helpful. And I love the word accountability. I have to say that going back to what you said, accountability. I love that word. You know why? Because to me, accountability is an empowered word. When you take accountability, you're basically taking, you're owning. What you have power over which is a lot more than what we don't have power over So we might not have power over our circumstances, but we have power over our actions our emotions our thoughts And and that is that's powerful. We can shift everything with our thoughts
0: Yes, and I, I will say like one of the things that I with the gladiator kid that came really clear to me is that I Sometimes I I don't have for me to think that I have control over my child was really um put me in a disempowering position. Yeah. And, and in, you know, the reality is she is her own person. Mm -hmm. Again, I still need to be her frontal lobe and guide her and, and, and help her and love her. And I can't control her either. She is her own person. So, you know, when, like you said, if you can own the hundred percent of whatever you can own. 100% of who you are, then you can start to make powerful shifts and, and, and then you actually create the space for others to do the same.
1: Yes. And it, Mm. and it also shows them an example, a good example, because then they're like, wow, you know, mommy takes accountability for her actions and And even says sorry when she she does something wrong. Because I feel like we are the ones who show them it's okay to say I'm sorry when you do something wrong. How can we expect them to apologize when they do things that are wrong if we're not able to apologize
0: when we do something wrong? A hundred percent. Again, it goes back to we have this expectation that kids should be doing this, 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 and this. Well, are are we doing it? Are you showing it? Are you living it? Are you embodying it? It's not just a practice... What I preach, it's I've got to really be that person. Absolutely, absolutely. And show you it's possible. So yeah, I want to, if it's okay, I want to end. Yes. If you want to end, but I want to share my motto, which is accepting all that you are while you're evolving to all that you can be. This is the key to you living your fullest potential. Can you repeat that for us? Yes, accepting all that you are while evolving to all that you can be is the key to living your fullest potential. I
1: love that. Yes. Amen. Yes, I love it. I love it. Natalie, tell my audience where my mamacitas can follow you, where they can find you. Um, We're going to be putting a blog post on this episode, mamasconganas.com forward slash Forty-four. So you can make comments on this episode. I want all my mothers to make comments because I know we all struggle with the same things. And uh, what did you think of this episode? How do you go about in in terms of dealing with, I guess, conscious parenting? It's what it's called, right? Conscious Mm. parenting. And Sarah. And you can find Natalie there. You'll be able to get all the links for her. But show, um, tell them where they can find you on social media.
0: Yeah. So they can find me at Evolving with Natalie. So I have a website and a, an IG and Facebook.
1: And Natalie, by the way, is without an H. So it's N-A-T-A-L-I-E. T-A-L-I-E. yeah. So evolving with Natalie. Yeah, Thank you so much, Natalie, for Thank being with us today. I think we all learned some things. And I know that, um, you know, the interesting, I always say that when we share our own stories, when you share your stories, I share my stories, um, other people can see themselves reflected. In our, because we all go through very similar um, cases. And that's why we highlight and we share these stories with you all. And we hope that, um, that yeah, that you love this episode as much as I did, because I loved interviewing you. It was so fun. Yeah. And also, check out our book. I'm going to be putting uh, uh, our book is called Ignite Love. So, Natalie right. has her chapter, I have my chapter. And it's a beautiful book about how to manifest love in your life, all different types of love. So yes, love, 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 love. (laughs) So check that out as well. MamasConGanas.com forward slash 44. Wonderful.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Bye, Natalie. Bye.